This time on episode 467 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the 2023 Disney Plus show Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, episode 5, Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow, and episode 6, The Beyonder, and weekly Marvel news, including a major firing at Marvel Entertainment, the MCU's current main antagonist, Future, being uncertain, and a trio of Disney Plus series newses from X-Men 97, Secret Invasion, and Loki Season 2. I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Crest. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by Marvel Studios. This show is recorded on Saturday, April 1st, 2023, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast LES-wide. Come and join our live chat as we record at geeks.live. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we love talking about Marvel. because of getting rid of all the humans, erasing all the humans, getting rid of all the humans. Goodbye, humans. If you'd like to talk to us about what we should do with all the humans, you can visit our website at legendsofshield.com. If you'd like to talk to us about lamenting the fact that all humanity will be erased, you can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1 or 844-843-2871. If you'd like to talk to us about, you know, why it's maybe a bad idea to end all humans you can find us on facebook at legends of shield podcast maybe we should just start a poll and figure out what's going to happen to all the humans make sure to tag us when you do that at legends of shield but hurry up because we're not paying for that check mark if you want to leave a comment about how the beyonders plan is not the best you can catch us on our youtube channel at youtube.com slash gonna geek if you want to give your takes about the Beyonders plan, you can find us on Discord at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember that Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network, mostly, at least, made up of humans. Yeah, Steven is an android. He's the owner mm. of the gunnageek.com network and a Canadian, too. So the, I guess Canada has authorized robots or androids to be legal beings in canada is that why they're so polite they're just not programmed to be rude <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense so when battlestar galactica happens we can blame canada <laughs> i mean they did film it there so right yep in vancouver with the opera house and everything so we are lacking michelle today she wanted to be here she's without power she had a big storm last night but we decided to go ahead with this episode anyway so we hope michelle gains her power back soon today but 
big storm affected both Michelle and I. I actually still have power. She does not. So we wish Michelle a very good day, hopefully, when she finally gets power back. In the meantime, we've got a couple of episodes of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur to run down. You guys ready for that? Yep. That's dinosaur for yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, episode five, Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow, premiered on Disney Plus February 15th, 2023. And episode six, The Beyonder, premiered on Disney Plus February 15th, 2023. You guys maybe want to talk about one of the cast members? Maybe one of the cast members that evolved this episode? I think we should. So, this made me so happy. Voicing Lunella's mane, her escaped hair, is Jennifer Hudson. Freaking dream girls, American Idol, cats, Jennifer Hudson. (laughs) Yeah, Jennifer Hudson. Okay. Very happy. I wanted to talk about Lawrence Fishbourne. I was wondering what Lawrence Fishbourne was doing doing the narration until this episode. <laughs> and he came back as the Beyonder and was like, oh, okay, of course it's Lawrence Fishbourne. That's why we have him here. And he had a phenomenal performance. He really did a good job. We'll talk about that later. So the IMDb descriptions of the episodes are Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow. When Lunella creates a chemical to change her hair, she accidentally turns her mane into a vengeful villain that vows to ruin her. And the next episode, The Beyonder. The Beyonder glooms onto Lunella and learns about humanity just as she's struggling to win a big science competition. Chris, what are your thoughts? Overall, these seem like just... If you're just reading the descriptions, yeah, it's a stupid little kid's episode. But there's so much more to them. And I just love how deceptively simple these IMDb descriptions are. Oh, there was so much in both of these episodes I loved, particularly, okay, just we'll talk about it, but there's so much in these that I loved. All right, let's get talking to it. So we're going to start talking about kind of the combination of taking care of yourself and accepting yourself. Chris? One of the big points I think from these, especially here today, gone tomorrow, is what you are and who you are and just accepting the fact that that is what makes you you that is what makes you beautiful and cool and everything and lunella has always loved her hair she's always thought it was cool and then one crazy little girl in the back of the room says oh yeah it looks all messy and all of a sudden no my hair is messy what am i gonna do and i mean as video people can see i don't i literally have not brushed my hair in three weeks because it's short and it doesn't matter but you could just see the dejection on lunella's face all of a sudden oh everybody thinks that my hair is messy and what do they think of me now yeah having been a teenage girl at one point in time it is astonishingly easy to break your confidence by pointing out something weird about your hair especially okay again i am not black if you look at me my hair is incredibly straight and i am very pale but in black culture hair is a huge 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 thing the politicization 
of black hair has been kind of brought out into the open in the past several years. And it's touching on something that I'm pretty sure every black girl, especially, has had to deal with. My niece is half black and her hair texture takes more after her dad. And so I've been looking up information on black hair care because you hear horror stories from people like parents and step parents, foster parents, adoptive parents who are like, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm either going to straighten it or shave it off. And it's like, come on, you got to be better than that. I just want to approach this from the standpoint of, so you create a super villain from your hair or your friend's wig. Think of the nightmares you're going to have for life. It's just going to be terrifying. There's actually kind of a movie about that on Hulu called Bad Hair. I've heard mixed reviews about it, but it is definitely the, you know, black women are always told, oh, you have bad hair if it's curly, if it's, you know, textured and not pinned straight. So it literally becoming bad in both that movie and here is kind of, you know, nightmare personified there. Chris, as a parent, because, you know, you have, I don't know, an even dozen kids by now, right? So as a parent, are you going to explain yourself to your kids? I would really hope so. Like, okay, it's one thing to go in and, you know, safety reasons real quick. Hey, don't, don't touch the stove. Don't run into the street. But I think Lunella's mom here kind of did a little bit of a disservice with just, no, you're never allowed to use relaxers. And granted, this is just us seeing a flashback of a memory, so there might have been an explanation in there. But as far as we could tell, Lunella's only explanation for don't use relaxers is because Mama says not to. And there's nothing about why. And kids are smart. They can understand why you're explaining things and understand that there's reasons for stuff. And if you can give them the reason, then they can start to generalize that to other things as well, rather than just for some strange reason, I can't do X thing. So one of the big takeaways I had from this episode was that Sheba wasn't taken care of, which is the wig from uh, Lunell's friend, Casey. And I don't know. I haven't seen any of the episodes beyond this one. I don't know if we're going to see Sheba again or not. But uh, yeah, that concerns me that Sheba was left open at the end. I wouldn't mind seeing Sheba again. The other thing that I've come to the conclusion on after watching six episodes is any villain in this has pointed glasses. So like, you know, the goatee in Star Trek is evil and stuff like that. I think pointed glasses are evil in the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur universe. I hadn't picked up on that, but now I'm going to be watching this an entirely different way. Same. So the more entertaining, to my opinion, episode of The Pair was the second one where we're talking about the Beyonder and the Science Fair. Now, Lauren, the Beyonder, amazing character. (laughs) Okay, so... This is the best the Beyonder has ever looked. 
if you go and you look up pictures of, you know, comics Beyonder, uh, the first time I looked at it, I was like, oh, what a dork. I know Beyonder is super powerful and it was responsible for the secret wars and battle worlds, battle worlds storylines and, you know, some of the more recent comics, but looks like a dork. So it's really cool that in this one, not only was the Beyonder inspired by Lawrence Fishburne, who voiced him, but his appearance was also heavily inspired by Raphael Sadiq, who is a music producer who used to be with the band Tony, Tony, Tony back in the day, Jack Skellington and Moke from Rock and Rule, which really, really obvious. Oh, and also David Bowie. Again, really, really obvious. So you get something, you combine all these cool characters and you get someone that looks really cool. And then Lawrence Fishburne sings us a song and just Lawrence Fishburne makes me so happy. This is just such a fun episode to watch, just back and forth. And I'm going to destroy all humans, but then not. But maybe, I don't know. I'll let you look at this thing. There is something, though, that really bothered me, not from a storytelling point, just from a why are people still doing this point. SP, do you think you can guess what it is? No. I hate group projects. Oh, yes. Group projects (laughs) are the worst. In college, I turned classes into honors classes, and most of the time, the extra work that I did was, I'm going to do this group project by myself, which was great for me. In high school, group projects sucked for me. In college, that was part of our grade of working together, and we were all trying to... Okay, so... Veils off. I went to the United States Air Force Academy. So everybody there is a hot shot. Everybody there wants to succeed. You don't get any dead weight at the Air Force Academy, or at least pretty soon the dead weight leaves. So group projects actually are pretty cool because you're all like working for the same thing. There are the some uber competitive ones that they all want to be the top person of the group or whatever. It's like, no, that's not what it's all about. It's about working together and getting on. You're not leading each other. You're working together as a group. But anyway, I commiserate with what you're talking about. Especially when group projects are counting for that much of your grade and such yeah. importance. Yeah, I've, I was mostly lucky through my whole school career to be on group projects with really cool people. And, but, you know, you're always going to find one where there's just like that one person who's Just like, oh, group project means everyone else does the work for me. And in this case, it's not even that. It's just Lunella didn't like his idea. She didn't take him seriously because, I mean, every time we've seen this guy on the show, he's just been joking around, goofing off, insulting her. And then we find out here that, no, actually, there is more to it. He just didn't really have the the words to put it in because that's not how his brain works. That's one of the things I like is that I feel like people usually have some people have some type of intelligence. It just depends on whether it's like, you know, mathematical intelligence, verbal intelligence, movement intelligence is a thing. And just because somebody doesn't have your type of intelligence or the type that's necessarily tested for in 
you know, standardized testing in schools doesn't mean that they don't have something that they're extremely smart about. And we see Lunella learning that here. The thing that really pops into my mind with that is a lot of times you'll have people struggling with math in TV shows. And it's always like, oh, I can't handle math. Can't do anything with that. But then there's a real quick like, okay, I'm going to be able to run your business for you. Or I'm, you know, I can real quick tell you how we're going to be able to get back into the football game score wise. And, you know, my favorite is the drug dealers that are, oh, I can suddenly convert units and get math and get your interest figured out because you haven't paid me for six months. That's math. And, you know, it, it all works out and everybody has their thing. It's just putting it into the context. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, you're not going to be, you know, interest rates on random things in the playground, but you get it figured out. Okay. In future episodes, we're going to have to explore this fact of Chris being a childhood drug dealer. But in the meantime, <laughs> let's talk about the science project themselves, because in my experience and in judging science fairs and then doing science fairs when I was younger, Musical science projects just never work out. Yes, they're pretty cool, but they just never get the top rung. So I was talking about this with my best friend the other day. I always put stuff off to the last minute for science fairs. So my science fair projects were always just kind of terrible, whatever. But my best friend's parents were extremely, they lived through her. And her father was a college math professor who insisted on naming her dog 2PiR when we were, you know, eight. And her mother was a perfectionist who insisted that my best friend, you know, play the piano and which there's nothing wrong with either of those. But they basically did this this one science fair project that I remember so much. I don't remember because it was it was a college level thing that her dad made her do. But it was something about math and musical notes. And I remember just being like, yeah, it's, it's really obvious who did this science fair project for her. Music is so cool and there is a lot to it. There's, there's a, a moment that I love in the show Metalocalypse where one character realizes he never graduated high school. So they're like, OK, we'll help you prepare for the, for the GED. And the drummer is trying to explain math. They're like, yeah, it's polymeters. It's just math. And then they just do like the da 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 It's a fun show. But anyway, there's a lot more to music than just, oh, it sounds good. But that's something that generally people don't really, it doesn't like click in their heads, if ever, until much later. Because that's how our brains develop as we learn more complicated stuff you know, as our brains develop more. So I'm not super surprised that Lunella just dismissed it outright, especially when she had, you know, this, hey, we're going to do this carbon-friendly project and it creates oxygen. I was watching it, I'm like, that's just plants. But yeah, eventually she learns to see, okay, we let's find the value in your thing because Everyone is not all the same. Everyone is not me. Not everyone knows all the things I know. And that's 
something that I still struggle with sometimes. Like, oh, you don't know this species of animal? And then I remember, oh, right, not everyone spent all their free time memorizing wildlife guides as kids. What is it? King Philip's ginger snaps? Is that right? The way to go from the top in the genome down to the bottom for the species? Oh, oh, yeah. I I could never remember that. Oh, okay. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, I'm bad at memorization a lot of I the should times. be able to tell you just from listening to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, because they go through the taxonomical breakdown of whatever animal they're looking at every episode. And the only thing I can remember is that the first thing is always one that you know it, you love it, you're in it, because it's the kingdom Animalia. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, since you're the science genius on this podcast, on this episode, tell us about your visit to the Wakanda science experience. I don't know, because apparently they don't let anybody in, because Lunella's never been there. And if anybody would have gone there, it would have been Lunella. That's the other thing I hate about this being a group project is where's the explanation for why this is such a special thing? Why has Lunella never been? Why can Lunella not go afterwards? Like, even if they had just thrown in, you get an extra behind the scenes special tour. That would have made sense to me. You just need three little sentences of why this is special versus going just any other day. I'm not salty at all. Now I have this in my head that eventually we're going to see it in somewhere in the MCU, the Wakandan science experience in New York. I assume it's in New York. Who knows? It could be a portal to Wakanda. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's in New York. All right. Since it's an embassy. Yeah, they're Title One school. They're probably not going to be going on a long field trip somewhere. Yeah. But if it's a portal, I mean, you just step through the portal like a transporter. You just... You get on to the other side. They're a title one school. They don't have money for that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else for the episode, guys? Again, the songs on this show are so good. They're so catchy and fun. And I just, I love the aesthetics of this show. I love the attitude of this show. I love, you know, back when I was a kid, presumably when all of us were kids, except maybe SP, because I don't think. They did the whole, you have to have an educational thing, like, by mandate until the 80s. I was never a kid. Yeah, that's another issue. He just sprung full grown from his father's forehead. But, um, yeah, back in the 80s, when I was growing up, it was all, you have to have an important life lesson at the end of every cartoon to justify its existence. So that's why we got the whole, you know, G.I. Joe, the more you know thing, all of that. This is a way to work it in organically in a way that doesn't feel like it's being smacked against your head. It's like, yeah, you know, this episode is about, you know, appreciating your hair. This episode is about finding the differences in others and enjoying them. But, you know, you go and you look and you can find these deeper things in there, these deeper nuances in there. And again, it's the current generation of cartoon writers is writing the stuff that we wished when we had when we were that age. Chris, still thumbs up. Oh, yeah. I love this episode, despite the little bit of a rant I went on. The one thing I am wondering is where does this fit in the greater Marvel timeline? 
because the Beyonder has visited Earth before and has experienced the wonderfulness of humans because, as you may remember, Spider-Man has taught him how to poop. So he (laughs) knows about food and the wonderfulness of food. Why does he not remember that humans are good and can make chili cheese fries? I don't know. That's something that Kevin Feige's or K-E-V-I-N is going to have to explain. Well, next week, we're going to be covering Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur episodes seven and eight as shown on Disney+. Plus. Now we have a bit of news to cover. So first off, following up on last week's story of shakeups at Marvel Studios, this past week, Ike Perlmutter was fired by Disney. Uh, Ike Perlmutter was the Marvel chairman up until now. We've talked about him several times in the past. According to the New York Times and Comic Book Resources, Disney has fired Marvel Entertainment's controversial chairman Ike Perlmutter to cut costs after his failed attempt to shake up the company's board. Per the New York Times, Perlmutter learned the news on Wednesday morning by phone. According to the report, Disney decided to fold Marvel Entertainment, a separate entity from Marvel Studios that focuses on consumer products, into the larger business units in the company. This comes anonymously from two Disney executives that agreed to discuss the matter and came days after Disney began laying off approximately 7,000 employees to improve Disney's financial gains with a $5.5 billion cut. I have mixed opinions about Ike Perlmutter. I don't think he's made some of the best business decisions. And I think we've done stories on him in the past where he's, you know, just treating, I say treating Marvel like a business, which is what you should do when you are a business owner. But this has also led to some less than stellar creative decisions. And uh, I really, it's worth keeping in mind that whole Disney began laying off 77,000 employees to improve their financial gains. I'm pretty sure Disney's financial gains are doing just fine. I have thoughts about capitalism, (laughs) but yeah, y'all, what do you think? Let's sum up the capitalism right here. They probably saved more money firing him than they did firing every single of those 7,000 people combined. Yup. If you are restructuring business units because of the pandemic and trying to double down on where you can make profits and then cut your losses where you're not seeing as many profits or perhaps losses... I could see during a restructure like this, this is a recession, whether or not they're calling it a recession, we're in the middle of a recession. As such, entertainment takes a hit. Doubling down on that fact, if you're talking about the movie divisions, not as many people are still going to the movies today that used to. You might make a comment about the quality of films versus the quality of films before the pandemic, whatever. But the fact is that not a lot of people in the same numbers are going to the theater. And not a lot of people are doing the same thing with the parks, which is their major money grabbing thing. So I don't know. I haven't looked into exactly what their profits or their losses have been over the last few years, but I can see them wanting to 
streamline stuff going forward. I don't know specifics. I can see that. As for this Perlmutter thing, I kind of felt it always was silly to have Marvel Studios and Marvel Entertainment being two different distinct things. I just never made sense to me. Just keep it all in one, just like Star Wars with Lucasfilm. I can see why it was separate, considering that there's other factors to... Okay, so Marvel, pre all these movies, was mostly just a marketing thing. We had, you know, all the toys and the cartoons and, of course, the comics, but at the tail end of the 90s, early 2000s, Marvel was considering bankruptcy. And now we have Marvel Studios. We have the movies being their driving force going on, but they're still trying to do the whole keeping the marketing. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I don't know business. I used to be a lab worker and now I'm a voice actor. I don't know business. But we'll see going forward how this changes things, what this means. Now, Chris, we had another major story break, like right after we recorded last week. Yes, very conveniently timed, I might add. But it has come to light that Jonathan Majors' Marvel Studios feature is still undecided. According to CBR, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania star Jonathan Majors' future with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is currently up in the air with Marvel Studios reportedly weighing its options following the actor's recent criminal charges. According to industry insider Jeff Snyder of the Hot Mike podcast, Marvel Studios executives are deliberating the next steps to take following Majors' highly publicized arrest, which led to the actor being arraigned on assault and harassment charges. Evidently, the company has yet to reach a decision on the matter. Snyder went on to say, I've heard that Marvel hasn't made any decisions regarding Jonathan Majors, but they've met with or spoken to his agent to discuss potential options going forward. Kind of looking from a different angle, you have an article from the Daily Mail, which is a United Kingdom newspaper, saying that Jonathan Majors was the one who called 911 before he was arrested for assault and harassment after his girlfriend suffered a mental health issue, his lawyer claims. And we're just going to leave that there because once somebody says a mental health issue like that, I start to smell something stinky. That being said, this story is a week old. We kind of need some time to figure out what's going on. That also being said, we will throw to more expert insider, Agent Lauren. Okay, there is a lot to unpack here. So, yes, legally, Jonathan Majors is innocent until proven guilty. However, so a lot of these are off record, but people have been coming forward about themselves or friends or relatives who have worked on movie sets having very bad experiences with Jonathan Majors. Two directors actually on Twitter are both being very vocal about this. First of all, director A.B. Allen. Back in February, he tweeted about a beloved actor who is actually a vicious, cruel, abusive human being. And then after the arrest was reported, said, yep, that's who it was. Also, okay, he also explained that he can't talk more because it would still expose people who have been hurt. The specifics of what I know, unfortunately, would still expose people who have been hurt and deserve not to become part of some larger media inquiry if they don't want to. So I'm not going to get into details. 
We also have Society Theater co-founder and Broadway actor and director Tim Nikolai, who I guess graduated with Jonathan Majors from NYU Juilliard, said, I'm going to say this about Jonathan Majors and be done with it. Folks at Yale and the broader NYC community have known about him for years. He's a sociopath and abuser, and this is how virtually everybody speaks about him. It's a shame it took this long for him to be reported. I've also, I'm already seeing a bunch of why didn't you do anything? Folks, people have tried. Ultimately, a victim needed to come forth. It's simultaneously awful to know he's still doing this and also a relief he may never get to again. And also said, a bunch of us are close with people, sometimes multiple people he's directly harmed. I don't know if they'll speak on it. It's completely their decision. It's also worth noting there is a playbook. It's a pattern of behavior that is so repeatedly seen that there's a name for it. It's called DARVO, which stands for Deny, Attack, Reverse Victim, and Offender. You see this with both the accused and the accused lawyers, which is one of the things that we've been seeing in the news. There was a study done a few years ago. It is a Ohio State University study. They studied from October 2018 through June 2011. They studied 25 heterosexual couples where the male perpetrator was being held in a detention facility for felony-level domestic violence and made telephone calls to the female victim during the pre-prosecution period. Up to 80% of those couples recanted. It's enough of a known, again, phenomenon that several states now are adopting what are called no-drop laws, where if a domestic violence victim recants, they, the prosecution still moves forward. Because so many people are pressured to go back to their abuser. It takes ultimately about seven attempts for people to leave an abusive partner. And a lot of the facts in this don't line up to me, including the strangulation. Oh, she strangled herself. I don't know if you've ever tried to strangle yourself during an argument. I've done some things. I, I tend to go inward when I'm upset, and even I have never, never attempted to strangle myself. Just you know, prove someone wrong, whatever. People don't tend to do that. People will punch themselves, throw themselves against things, but self-strangulation is not a thing. I'm knowing all of this information, and also there's been some people popping up that Victoria Alonso has been saying that she was asked to cover up something, in her words, reprehensible, and that some people are wondering if it had something to do with this. Again, I think that is wild speculation, but enough of the stats and enough of the pattern are seen over and over again with regards to abuse victims. I never thought I would be in an abusive situation. I ended up in a situation that was very bad for my mental health and still kept being with that person. Because, you know, I thought, oh, I'm this person's only option. I, if, if I walk away from supporting them, I'm a bad person. I've been in a couple of those situations now in my life. And 
in the moment you'll think, oh, I know what just happened is bad, but then you start to rationalize it to yourself like, okay, it can't have been this bad because I've had good times with this person. But if that's the case, then why do I end up with PTSD afterwards? You know? So that said, uh, while Jonathan Majors is innocent until proven guilty, just like with Jeremy Renner and his domestic abuse allegations that have been largely forgotten about in recent years, I've been soured on the actors and I'm really upset about all of this, both, you know, there's the, the small f- fan part of me who's like, oh, but I liked you. But then there's the part of me that's like, generally these allegations don't come out of nowhere aside from the jeremy renner situation marvel studios has a couple of experiences in its past there was the whole james gunn issue with the tweet while not violent but it was still a way that the company dealt with the situation and there's also the fact i'm just going to throw this out there that thanos was recast So if you're talking about a main villain in the MCU, they've already done that, that they've recast somebody. So while Jonathan Major's performance has been lauded before these allegations came out, that you can recast a major villain in the MCU. Now, I realize that Thanos was recast before Thanos became a huge thing, but still Thanos was recast. So I'm just going to throw that out there. You also do have to remember that what this is going to come off so much worse than I'm meaning it, but I'm going to say it anyway. This story is basically a week old as far as the general public knows. So going off of rumors from either side can lead to some very unfavorable outcomes. All of that being said, this is still very stinky coming from the Jonathan Majors camp. And there's just too many things lining up for there to be nothing. You might end up like a Marcelo Zuna with the Atlanta Braves situation where it turns out both people are in the wrong, very much so. But I don't see any way where he comes out of this clean because there's just no way all these things are lining up and he's not doing something in my opinion yeah at the very least i would expect loki season two to be delayed further whether they're buying their time or actively doing reshoots or whatever i see loki season two being delayed or they could just continue to go forward like dc is with ezra miller yeah but even the flash was delayed although that was largely pandemic related but I think a little bit of it bought Warner Brothers some time to decide how they wanted to deal with it. And I have my own thoughts on that whole thing. Just, I will not be seeing it in the theater, specifically because the Ezra Miller thing, but also because the DCEU and how that's being treated and everything. So, anyway. And also from a happier in-canon way to handle it, we already see that variants don't have to look the same all over the place. So, Hmm. hey. You just get a different variant. If Loki can be an alligator, then Kang can be anything you want. Very true. Yeah. All right. We do have uh, several Disney Plus updates, and I'll just go through them really quick. First of all, Mar- 
Marvel's Secret Invasion is going to premiere on June 21st. We've been looking for a premiere date with that. On the X-Men 97 side of the house, they have confirmed that Mr. Sinister will be a primary antagonist. And the story says the primary antagonist, but I will put it out there that it's probably a primary antagonist, which is a continuation from the X-Men, the animated series that we just watched and reviewed over the course of the past year and a half or so. Are we finally going to get a sequel to that Charles Darwin episode? <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> Previously on X-Men. <laughs> and then talking about Loki season two, Oscar winner Ki Huan Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan is joining the cast. And we will see how that pans out. But I'm excited to see him because of his Oscar appearance and his history and how the industry is treating him, how the fandom has treated him. So I'm really interested in seeing him in Loki season two. If we ever get to see Loki season two, as per the previous news story, but I think we will eventually. I don't know how it will dole out, but it should dole out. Jason Bateman is Kang. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, what should we do now? I think we need to go do some fun things that we've never had an excuse to do and claim that it's because of science. Science! Hey, thanks for sticking with us and watching the most recent Disney Plus MCU series, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, with us. Please let us know how you're liking this series. If you like more of content that I'm involved in, I'm having a blast over on Strange New Worlds Fancast talking about the Picard Season 3. We just had the seventh episode drop this morning about the seventh episode of Picard Season 3 Dominion. It is unexpectedly a level up from any other Star Trek content recently, and I'm really having fun dealing with that. Also, check out, if you're interested in podcasting, check out Better Podcasting Chats with SP. I interview or have a conversation with other hobby podcasters. I know Waffles right here with me, Chris, has been on the show, but I've had a lot of fun ones recently, including a married couple and a a movie podcaster a professional cuddler that it's also a podcaster. Hmm. So it's been a variety of different things on there and it's been really fun to do that. So you can check that out at betterpodcasting.com. So thank you to SP, to Chris and to Michelle, who isn't here right now because of storms that have been going on in the Midwest. I know SP, you've also been dealing with that. So yeah, donate to relief funds. I've seen a lot of reports of, I mean, in addition to the property damage, you know, human casualties. So keep an eye out for those donations and donate if you can, signal boost if you can't. If you want to find me, everywhere I'm at professionally is on my website, lwsalinas.com. I'm on Twitter screaming about wrestling more this weekend than usual as it is WrestleMania weekend. So all of the indie promotions are doing stuff. And yeah, that's it for me. Thank you all. Yes, thank you to everybody who lets me be on this show, whether it be the fans who haven't told SP to fire me yet, or SP, Lauren, and Michelle, who just continue to make me feel very welcome here, and I love it. And 
If you want to hear more things from me, you can head on over to playcomics.com, where as of the time we're recording this, the next episode to come out is going to look at something very science-related. We're looking at one of the Gundams. I can't remember which one right now because there are 75,000 different Gundam <laughs> universes and games to go with each one. But it is Gundam-y, and it will be fun. I'm looking forward to that. And also, Chris, the first person that complains, you're out. Don't complain. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Chris. Bye. See everybody next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, SP's beard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry, Chris. It's too late. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Is it just us today, or? I'm not sure. I saw SP was messing around in the show notes. I'm pretty sure he's going to show up. SP had to call in sick today. Yep. So now we have babyface SP. <laughs> pretty much. First day of April, beard goes away. Yep. <laughs> it has nothing to do with April Fool's Day. It just has a six-month calendar window. But it does happen to be on April Fool's Day. So beware what you see online today. Yeah, uh, the worst holiday. I'm going to see Dungeons and Dragons at 11. Nice. Yes. I'm very, very happy. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.